Hi, I'm Billy Glosson, lead pastor of Coram Deo Church in Morganton, North Carolina, and you're listening to the Coram Deo Podcast, a place to engage with sermons, devotionals, prayer, and everything else we're doing at Coram Deo. Thanks for listening. Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come? From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I'm going to welcome up Michael Tooley. Uh, Michael is our deacon of Coram Deo Music. He does an excellent job leading us normally. Um, And what an awesome psalm for him to lead us through this morning. So join me in praying for him. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your word. You are the eternal God of the ages, and yet you care for us. You keep us. Lord, I pray that we would have hearts that are soft, open, ready to hear. God, please make much of your word in us, we pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I'm, I'm excited this morning because I get to preach a sermon from a song. Um, as you might be able to imagine, or it might surprise you, I absolutely love music. Um, so one day I'm going to preach about how God is a singing God and how amazing music is. Um, but for now, I'm just going to preach this text. Um, I do want to note at least this. Um, it's important to know that The Psalms, the entire book of the Psalms is a collection of songs or prayers in the Old Testament that ultimately find their fruition, their completion in Christ Jesus. The Psalms have been referred to as the song book of Jesus. And so these songs are his songs that he sings over us. And ultimately we can only sing or pray these Psalms if we are united with Christ. And this understanding is gonna be helpful as we go throughout this series And it'll even play out later this morning. For now, we turn to Psalm 121. But first, the Urukai are at the gates, moments from breaking into Helm's Deep. This is after nearly an hour and a half of battle playing out on screen. Theoden, king of Rohan, looks to Aragorn and says, So much death. What can men do against such reckless hate? adjust this last time there we go the battering ram strikes the gates again ride out with me says aragorn ride out and meet them for death and glory responds theoden for rohan says aragorn for your people and then we see gimli and what he says changes everything he says the sun is rising Aragorn looks to the window and sees rays of hope beeping, beaming in as he recalls the voice of Gandalf. The 
to my coming, at the first light, on the fifth day, at dawn, look to the east. It's with a different type of hope, with a different boldness, that these characters in this great movie ride out into battle knowing that Gandalf is returning with an army that will defeat the enemy. And he does just that. They're out there, they're fighting. He appears at the top of the hill on the back of Shadowfax in white glowing glory. And Aragorn looks up and whispers to himself, Gandalf. Gandalf says, Theoden King stands alone. And Eomir appears and says, not alone. And they ride in to help. I, I could not help but think of that scene in this movie when I read the first couple of verses of our psalm this morning. We, we started this, this journey to joy, uh, our series last week, and Billy was in Psalm 120, and it was kind of a, a doom and gloom, like, Lord, help me, I'm surrounded by enemies. And so that's the context we enter in. And this person, this psalmist, David is looking up to the hills. His confidence in this journey is found in who and where his help comes from, the Lord. And so this morning, I know many of us are tired, many of us had exhausting weeks. If you take away one thing, it's this. Our help comes from the Lord. I'm gonna say that about a thousand times this morning. Um, so let that sink in if you forget everything and especially forget my voices that I just did. Um, our help comes from the Lord. So let's start with verses one and two where the psalmist is going to introduce the creator helper. Verses one and two. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So we might treat this the same way when we sing the song here called Son of David, the song begins with the pre-chorus and then jumps into the verses and then we do the pre-chorus again. Verses one and two here set the idea in place and then the psalmist goes on to unpack or explain who this helper is, what he does to help and why we can trust him. So he kind of just says, you know, I look to the hills, where's my help come from? It comes from the Lord. Who's the Lord? Let me tell you about it. While this is poetic language, it, it could allure to a few different things. One of the likely meanings of looking to the hills, something that could have been on the writer's mind, is that at that time, a Hebrew in Palestine looking around the hilltops would see a lot of pagan worship take place. If this is the case, then we would rightly understand the psalmist's question to be this sort of introspective question does my help come from those hills, from, from those pagan rituals, those little God alternatives? No, my help comes from God who created the dirt and the rock that makes those hills, the God who breathed life into those pagan lungs, the God who, if he were to suddenly leave, everyone and everything would perish instantaneously. Another option that fits well is, is that the psalmist is perhaps thinking of Jerusalem and the hilltops surrounding it, and Charles Spurgeon even suggests that for us, it could be, you know, recalling proverbial hilltops that we've experienced in our walk with the Lord. Whatever it is, the one right way to rightly apply it is this one thing. God is our help. 
See, this is not the only psalm where this sort of thing takes place. It's, it's also not the only place in the Bible where this takes place. Over and over again, we see the basis for the psalmist's hope, his confidence, his faith, etc., is always God and who he is. It's always the character of God and the outflow of his love are the things that are carrying the weight. And that's true in this passage as well. So the psalmist begins by saying, look around. Look to the hilltops. Look, look to the external realities you face. Where does your help come from? Believer, our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He is the creator helper. He spoke the universe into existence. He speaks matter into existing. His breath is in our lungs. His spirit animates all of life and holds the universe together. So what hills are we looking to? Are we looking to our idols? Or maybe we're reminiscing about a a hilltop experience in our walk. That was a a really good time in my life. Or, Or maybe it's a personal victory that we had at one time or another. Maybe even a hilltop experience on the horizon. You've got that vacation coming up. Believer, our help comes from the Lord. It was not the hilltop experience, but the God who brought you there. The idols that we gravitate towards are at best a shadow of the true God and at worst a soul-sucking cistern that will end in your physical and spiritual demise. Charles Spurgeon puts it this way. He says, we are bound to look beyond heaven and earth to the one who made them both. It is vain to trust in creatures. It is wise to trust the creator. The beauty and excitement that we experience in this life, every ounce of it is meant to push us towards the one who made beauty and excitement. It's to him we ascribe all glory and praise. He alone is worthy. He alone is the one who can say words and make things exist. He alone could enter into our lives as God the Son and set about redemption. This is our God, the creator helper, the creator of heaven and earth. This is where our help comes from. And so the psalmist sets this as our foundation. And now we're gonna look together and and see who God is and, and further into an unshakable hope and confidence that we can have as Christians. Next we see he is the ever watchful keeper. Verses three and four. He is the ever watchful keeper. Verse three says, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. There is here at first glance a sense of protection from physical danger. And many of us can testify to so many moments in our lives that we have been protected from physical danger. I can't, how many times I've been on the interstate and I've almost hit somebody or they've almost hit me and I have that rush of adrenaline, oh, that was close. Friend, that is 100% God protecting you. But you might quickly become discouraged when you read this And either you doubt God because you have been devout, you have faced many dangers, you haven't felt protected from all of them. 
Or maybe you doubt your faith. You, you wonder, is my faith even real? It, it, my faith is just not strong enough. Maybe, maybe if my faith was stronger, I wouldn't experience the pain I'm experiencing. If I just believed harder, maybe it wouldn't be so difficult. If you have been told that or led to believe that, I just want to say how sorry I am that someone, maybe they were very well-intentioned, but friend, they have misled you. Billy and I were blessed to go to a conference a couple weeks ago called Together for the Gospel. Um, It's a conference for bringing pastors together for the gospel. Um, Kevin DeYoung shared this great illustration. He said, it's not the strength of your faith that keeps you from sinking and freezing to death as you step out on a frozen lake. It's the thickness of the ice that's keeping you from sinking. Let me just encourage you right now, our help comes from the Lord. He is keeping you. The strength of your faith is not what carries the weight, but the object of your faith. See, the ascent the psalmist is on and all the people with him, the the journey to Jerusalem is a journey to be with God. That is our journey to joy. It's a journey to God. Our ultimate hope is not that one day we get to be in the new heaven and new earth. That's part of it. It's a good part of it, but that's not all of it. Our ultimate hope is that because of Christ Jesus, one day the separation between us and God caused by the curse of sin will be no more. We will be reunited with God. He has rescued you and made you his. He has rescued you individually and you, the church, he who keeps you, it says in verse three, will not slumber. Our God does not sleep on the job. May you, on your next anxiety-ridden night of unrest, this is my prayer for you, that the Spirit of God would bring this passage to mind, that your help comes from the almighty, self-sufficient creator of the universe, The God who does not sleep but has an ever watchful eye on you and loves you and is keeping you in your faith. Oh, if that would give you rest. But if you still can't fall asleep, know that your God is with you all the while. He is keeping you. He will not let your foot be moved. This is a message all throughout scripture. There's one example here. Look with me at 1 Peter. I read this last week during our singing. Verses three through five of chapter one says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. What hills are you looking to? Where are you looking for an escape from your problems? What is the vice, the habitual sin that you run to in time of trouble? Are you looking for hope in the bottom of a bottle? Believer or not believer, we look for hope in the same places apart from God. Are you looking for help from the echo chamber that is the internet? See, many of us in our hurt, will, we will mistake as humans things that we should grieve about 
as something that we should be angry about. And so we point that anger at someone or, or even a group of people because if we can put blame on someone, then we don't have to face the sadness inside and deal with it. So we turn to the rage webpage and let the self-righteousness and indignation wash over us. And it doesn't work. It only leads you further down the pipeline of despair. We've all been there. You're angry and you find people that are angry and agreeing with you and you're like, yeah, get them. And you still feel hopeless. It's not working. Our help comes from the Lord. Perhaps it's an apathetic laziness finding solace in the next episode of whatever streaming service you have. You're just laying there and it says, are you still watching? And you're like, I sure am. Whatever it is you find yourself, more often than not, feeling far from God. Where does your help come from? Believer, the greatest pleasure, leisure, comfort, earthly rest, celebrations, even people will always leaving you wanting more and lacking in total satisfaction. But our help comes from the Lord who does not sleep. The psalmist has just one more thing to say in these verses about the ever watchful keeper. He keeps you the individual and he keeps you plural, the people of God, Israel, his church. This is again something we see all throughout scripture that God God has not come just to save you for your personal salvation, to live on your own in isolation. It's, it's true that Christ saved you, the individual. It's true that he cares about you as an individual. But that's not all that's true. He saved you into a family like no other. You were not meant to walk this journey alone. I could probably and will one day preach an entire sermon on this and the importance of gospel community and, and but I don't have time today. <laughs> so I, I would just ask you, friend, do, does the church have problems? Yeah, they're called people. But we are not a people left by God. He is keeping us. When Peter declares Jesus the Christ in the book of Matthew, Jesus says that he's gonna build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So you can be sure that the one who keeps his church is going to keep you. So though the church is made up of broken people, you and I, we can fight for the faith with one another and call one another to repentance, knowing that God is doing the work and keeping us. I'm not gonna read each of these out loud, but I have some scriptures to, to throw up on the screen. Just leave it up for a little bit. Romans and Galatians are talking about how we're adopted as sons, we're, we're heirs with Christ, we're brothers and sisters in Christ eternally, you and I, this isn't just some made-up fun thing that the church does, a, a cutesy language. This is what we have in Christ. Both of the first John passages speak about how living like Christ, our reward here on earth is fellowship with one another. We experience the presence of Jesus in our interactions with one another. This moment right now, this gathering is not insignificant. It is not something lightly to be just like, ah, we'll catch it later on the internet. Your presence does something in my heart. My presence does something in your heart. We experience Christ as Jesus together. And finally in Ephesians, Paul writes about husbands and wives, and he says that even our marriages 
are just meant to be a foreshadow, a picture, a billboard pointing to Christ in the church. We are his bride. Pastor James Rathman puts it like this. I shared this before. He says, when Jesus recreates our hearts, he does not leave us as these atomized people. He creates us into a family, something so united that he calls it his body, so united to him that he calls himself the head of that body, and the body that he creates is the church. The church is not incidental to your salvation. It's intrinsic. Being a part of a church is not a bonus feature because we just like to get together. It's the ordinary means that God uses to preserve us, to maintain us in him. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the ever watchful keeper who does not slumber. He's keeping you. He's keeping his church. He has not left you. He has not left us. Let's look at verse five. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Our help comes from the ever-present, eternal guardian of your soul. Christian, our confidence is that the God of the universe, the, the maker of heaven and earth, the divine, holy God, who is so other than, he's altogether worthy of praise, is with you. Verse five says, he is your shade on your right hand. The idea is that he's, he's walking next to you. This holy, transcendent God is personally protecting you and is by your side. I mentioned this already. This is a song of Jesus. This is not a guarantee of safety or a lack of suffering. Many of us can testify to the opposite being true. Our stories would contradict that idea that once you are a Christian, everything is roses. Yet we know the goodness of God. There are people in this room who have suffered. There are people in this room with chronic pain, chronic anxiety, chronic depression. There are people with trauma in this room. And yet those same people know the goodness of God and we can sing this song, we can sing those songs every Sunday with a boldness and a joy because we know that our God is keeping us. And though evil is all around, we experience the effects of sin, both in our, both our sins, the consequences, and the sins of others, the Lord keeps us. This means that the evil cannot enter in. The hope here is bigger than daily protection, though for much of our lives we have experienced that. We have felt that grace. But the psalmist understands the truth that nothing worse can happen to you than dying physically while separately from God, spiritually. Nothing worse can happen to anyone than dying physically while spiritually separate from God. Verses seven and eight, it says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep you you're going out and you're coming in 
from this time forth and forevermore. Our hope is eternal. Our help comes from the creator, watcher, present keeper, and guardian of your soul. I said this morning, the Psalms ultimately find their fulfillment, their completion in Christ Jesus. Our help comes from the Lord, the holy transcendent God who stepped into his creation as God the Son. He walked this earth and lived a perfect life. He died the sins that our, he died the death that our sins deserve. And so we lift our eyes to a hill that he walked up called Calvary. He set out and for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He bore the wrath reserved for you and I. He was killed, buried, and on the third day, he rose from the grave conquering sin, Satan, and death. He ascended to the right hand of the Father and he will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. That is who our help comes from. we wrap up this morning I don't want to miss the fact that these songs and prayers are are such a gift to us as as a people that would look for God because they teach us how to sing to God they teach us how to how to pray to God and so it would it would be a waste to not give you just some very extremely practical help for what this looks like on Tuesday. So I have three areas of application I want to give you this morning. First is trials and suffering. Second is battling sin. And third is persevering in, in everyday faith or finding faith, coming to know Jesus. First, trials and suffering. Have you ever noticed that when you feel discouraged or lonely or sad, How often during those moments are you thinking about other people? With the exception of envy or jealousy over someone else's life. Billy said this, and we'll preach it loud and clear from this pulpit as much as possible. The enemy wants to destroy you, and he will do all he can to keep you focused either on yourself or your circumstances. I hope that you have heard my heart this morning. I hope that you have seen some tears and believe me that I know and I agree that what you are facing is so very difficult. But take heart. Jesus knows. He knows how you feel and he has not forgotten you or left you. In Hebrews chapter four, verse 15, it says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And so here's, here's what I want you to do on Monday, on Tuesday, when it hits you again, when the darkness, when the gloom comes in, look up literally, lift your head and cry out to God. These Psalms are a gift to you, suffering Christian. I'm telling you the truth from experience. It is your only hope. You will not find comfort at the bottom of despair. It will just drive you further down. But only by lifting your head, looking up, and remembering that your help comes from the Lord who gives you eternal life with him. Battling sin. First of all, are you battling? 
Or have, have you given up the fight? Stand up from your sinful temptation and remember that your help comes from the Lord. Hebrews again. Hebrews 12, verse 3. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. When you face the next temptation to sin or that call to, to return to whatever that habit is, look up, recall this psalm, the creator God who spoke all of life into existence is your helper and he will not abandon you. He is faithful. And lastly this morning, persevering in or finding faith for the first time. So Christians, believers in the room, I pray that this morning at the very least has renewed even a little bit, your love for God. But I want to offer this. We are forgetful. We are human. The best way to recall where your help comes from is to read about where it comes from. Christian, get into the word. This is not a punishment or an obligatory task. It's where life is found. Go to these psalms, read them out loud, hear the voice of God, let the Spirit work in you, pray them out loud, sing them out loud, memorize them, and watch the Holy Spirit work in your faith and strengthen it. Maybe you're here and you don't yet believe. Maybe you've spent a lot of your life thinking that you're a Christian perhaps because of where you grew up, perhaps because you spent a lot of time in church. But in recent years, you've looked around and and your doubts seem to be stronger than your faith. And you're exhausted trying to fake it until you make it. If that is you, I I want want to express this with as, as much love in my heart as possible. And, and this is my real question. Where does your help come from? See, one of the most prevailing messages that you've probably heard on the internet, in culture, whatever today, is that you just need to look inside yourself for, for peace and hope. But if the last several years have taught us anything collectively as a world that we long for hope beyond ourselves, mental health didn't get better when we spent a bunch of time alone. It's Worse than ever, when we were forced to be with us. If you're here this morning, and this is you, and you're, you're, you're just like teetering on the edge, I just want to push you over the edge and invite you to meet Jesus. There is a hope and a peace in the man Jesus Christ that nothing else in this world ever could come close to. So whatever your mess is, whatever you're ashamed of or Bring it and join us as we bring our mess to the Lord. There's going to be people in the back praying. Please come talk to us. So are you living joyfully, victoriously? Your help comes from the Lord. Are you facing trials and suffering yet again? Your help comes from the Lord. Are you waging war against your sin? Your help comes from the Lord. Are you wandering and wondering where to find hope and you want to meet Jesus? Your help comes from the Lord. Let's pray.
God, I pray that um, Lord, I pray that I wasn't too distracting this morning from what you wanted to actually have said. God, I know I know some of the stories of our people. People that you've made my brothers and my sisters. God, thank you that you are helpful, that you keep us, that you have not abandoned us. Lord, I pray that those who are here this morning who would hear a message like this and they would just say, I haven't felt that. I don't feel help from him. God, I just pray that you would soften their hearts, open their eyes to see your faithfulness. God, that even the the anger or frustration they might have with you, Lord, that it's okay to bring that to you because you're a gracious, compassionate God, slow to anger. God, we love you and we thank you and we give you praise. Thank you for being with us and going along with us. Be with us as we continue in worship this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Quorum Deo podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or our website, quorumdeonc.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram for a bigger picture inside the life of the church. Grace and peace be with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.